enforcing the boundary, holding the boundary and doing it from like a grounded place is probably, at least to me, has been the hardest part of boundaries because I care a lot. I want to be there for my clients, but I also want to be there for myself. So that is a huge part of time freedom is fighting for your own time freedom, like valuing your own time, protecting your time, protecting your energy and not sacrificing it for other people. And a huge part of that is just not just setting, but enforcing the boundaries. Welcome to Make Bank with Marie Wold. I'm Marie, and for the last decade, I've been helping women set and hit unrealistic goals while building their definition of a rich life. This podcast is your ultimate destination for unfiltered discussions about personal development, entrepreneurship, wellness, confidence, wealth building, relationships, and so much more. We're creating our dream lives together, and I'm so glad you're here. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Marie Wold and this is Make Bank. I'm recording this a day out from leaving for my wedding, which is absolutely wild to say as someone who has been engaged for three years, wait, almost four years, three and a half years. And the day is finally almost here. We get married on Wednesday, May 10th and leave for Italy tomorrow and I do have a whole podcast episode about wedding planning and even wedding planning like a CEO with like all the details and stuff like that we can link that in the episode description but that's not what this episode is about this is the first episode in the CEO lifestyle mini series this is a as of now three-part series going over what I see to be kind of the core pillars of CEO lifestyle Of course, this can look different for everyone. For some people, their ideal CEO lifestyle is hustling 14 hours a day, 16 hours a day, 27 hours a day. For others, it's having a private jet. For others, it's working two hours a day, whatever it might be. But I'm going to walk you through my version of CEO lifestyle and how I have cultivated time freedom how I think about money as a seven-figure CEO, and then how I think about work ethic as a seven-figure CEO. So I'm going to dive in to kind of each of those topics, one in each episode. And for this episode, we're talking about time freedom and how I have created a business and a lifestyle that allows me to have a four-hour work week, travel the world, be completely like location independent, work anywhere from Wi-Fi, etc etc and I'm excited to dive in because this is something that typically I really only get nitty-gritty with with my clients like I have a whole lifestyle strategy workshop for example within my mastermind and one of the first questions that I ask my clients when we're on a clarity call or an onboarding call is What do you want your life to look like? Because I'm a huge, huge believer that business gets to support life and we can set our sights on any type of lifestyle, any type of business model, any type of kind of vision for what we want to achieve. And then we can reverse engineer the business to support that. I was someone who earlier on in my entrepreneurship days, I was very much in the hustle, grind, work 25-7 mentality. And while it was on paper going okay, I was completely burned out. I was losing my passion for what I was doing, which was something I had never experienced before in my business. I was experiencing 
extreme like fatigue, apathy, depression, weight gain. I think that that was a huge contributor to getting diagnosed with my second autoimmune disease. Basically, I had to experience what it was like to not have time freedom and not have work-life balance to really truly appreciate and prioritize it. And you really do have to prioritize it. Like if you are someone who has really big goals and you probably are, like my people are extremely ambitious. I attract a lot of go-getters and I love that about you. But if we aren't intentional about building in the lifestyle and the freedom and the fun along the way, it's so easy to just work yourself into the ground and be so laser focused on more, 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 more. And then down the road, the way that I did, you pick your head up and you realize that your life is not yours anymore. You are basically a slave to your business and it's just not worth it. So I'm going to break down kind of my approach to time freedom, how I've achieved a four hour work week and still run a seven figure business and just my general kind of thought process and approach. I'm a big believer that success leaves clues and don't get me wrong I still have so much more that I want to do and I really feel like I'm just getting started in a lot of ways but if I could have let's say four or five years ago heard this episode it would have saved me so much time energy confusion and just hearing from someone who is doing the thing that I wanted to do back then would have given me so much hope and perspective and just evidence of what's possible. So that's what this episode is about. And yes, I believe there are a million different ways that you can make your business support your life. And so that's again, why I get really clear on each of my clients. Like, what do you want your life to look like? How much do you want to work? How much money do you want to make? Why do you want to make that much money? Like we reverse engineer the shit out of their lifestyle. So this is only one way. And this is something that I can help you with if you join my mastermind or become a private client. But yeah, let's get into it. So again, like I said, I had to kind of take things to the extreme (laughs) before I learned this lesson and really prioritized work-life balance and time freedom. And I think that is kind of a common experience for my achiever types. Like sometimes you just have to go 110% towards something and like crash into the wall before you realize that maybe that's not actually exactly what you want. And that was my experience with like working super hard, overworking myself, burning myself out. I kind of had to almost go there before I could find a happy medium. And it was honestly very similar for my journey in like health and fitness and my body and things like that. Like I think I had to do a bikini competition and just experience how miserable that was for me to realize that like it's not worth it to have eight pack abs it's just not worth it so I think if you're like me give yourself some grace if that's been your experience or you have recognized that you have swung too far in the direction of just the grind it's okay I've been there, many people have been there, and sometimes you just have to experience something firsthand. However, if that is not your type and you're someone who can extract the wisdom of other people and use that as a lesson and not have to go through that, even better, right? Like even better, I love that for you. So that's kind of a little bit of background for why I had to prioritize time freedom, the four hour work week, and that forced me to do it, but now I genuinely want to. Like I had to before for my health, for my mental health, for my sanity, for my relationship. I had to. Now I want to. Like I 
want to have a four four day work week. I want to take the middle of the day off and go ride my horse. I want to prioritize fun and play and travel and experiences and flexibility for the fun of it. Like because it brings me pleasure, because I desire it, because it brings me joy. And I do think there is somewhat of a trade off here. Like I'm not going to lie to you. Could I make more money and grow faster and support even more clients if I worked more? Sure, but that's not worth it to me. (laughs) I already have a seven-figure business. I already have the most amazing clients. I already have extremely like successful world-class programs. I already do all those things. And also I live an amazing life along the way and I'm having fun along the way and I'm about to have an amazing husband and we have a great relationship and blah, 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 blah right? Like I could grow faster. I could make more money. I could have more quote unquote success on paper, but I would be unhappy. And so now I'm at this place where I get to choose the time freedom. I get to choose a work-life balance. I get to actively, proactively prioritize it and make those decisions. So something I want to talk about is why I created a four-hour work week for myself and how I've created a four-hour work week for myself. So I'm going to give you some specific like strategies and tips and stuff, but I also want to walk you through kind of my thought process for how I was able to, as a recovering workaholic and as like a high achiever, how I was able to kind of like justify and make myself feel excited and happy and like not honestly guilty about having a four hour work week because that was something that I really struggled with. I was like, well, I mean, I could work harder. Like it's normal to take a weekend, right? It's normal to have a two day weekend. And if you're full time in your business and you're not currently taking a full weekend, We need to change that, but that's relatively normal to have a weekend. It's not normal to have a three-day weekend every week. And so there was a level of like, oh, I should be doing more. I could be doing more. Am I leaving money on the table? But here's what I realized is that I was the physical embodiment of Parkinson's law. And if you haven't heard of Parkinson's law, it is that work will expand to fill the time allotted for its completion. So if you know you have more time to do something, you can give it less effort, less focus, take longer to achieve it. If you have less time to achieve something, you'll be more efficient, produce more effort in a shorter period of time to get it done. And you have for sure experienced this if let's say in college you had a paper due a month from now and maybe you like outlined it early on. This is a personal story. (laughs) Maybe you outlined it early on. Maybe you thought about it when you were like walking around campus. Maybe you even talked to your friends about the topic, blah, 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 blah. So you're like kind of like casually working on it, but you didn't actually try until like 24 hours before the paper was due. And then all of a sudden it's midnight the night before and your fingers are just flying across the keyboard. You are in the zone. You are experiencing full flow state and just getting shit done. And you actually feel like it's pretty decent work too, right? So that is like the epitome of Parkinson's law when you are just letting this task kind of linger, linger, linger until it actually requires you to have real effort. And so I was experiencing that on a weekly basis. (laughs) 
I was experiencing that on a weekly basis because if you know me you've listened, and if you've listened to like my productivity episodes or things like that, you know that I batch my days. I have themed days for kind of each of the core areas of my business. So I have days where I'm focusing on creating, like creating content, creating podcasts, even some strategic planning sometimes. I have days focused on projects and team. I have days focused on coaching and that's when I kind of stack all of my coaching calls And what was happening is Friday ended up being like my catch-all day. Like that ended up being my day of stuff that I didn't get to earlier in the week. (laughs) And while that sounds nice, it's like, oh, Friday can just be like the chill day where I like, you know, close the loops and catch up on stuff and it's chill. But what would happen is I would spend Monday through Thursday like, being very inefficient, if I'm being honest. Like I would not check everything off that I needed to do because I knew that Friday had my back later in the week. Like I knew that Friday was on the table. I knew that was an option. And so there were days where I was like sitting at my desk for X hours a day and like not really being effective with my time because I didn't have to be. Like I was giving my tasks too much time to breathe, too much time to linger. And then I was just working on Fridays for basically no reason. And listen, there's always more to do. Like there's always, always, always more that you can do when you're an entrepreneur. There is always more things that you can work on with your business. There's always more projects, more things to perfect. Like the to-do list is endless, right? So I could find ways to effectively fill my Friday, but that wasn't what was happening. And to be honest, we can only be so productive in a day. Like there are so many studies that have proven that our work product, like our efficacy declines after a certain amount of time. I want to say it's like five good hours of work. And so I was finding that to be true. And I would just be sitting at my desk, like hating myself for (laughs) for not being able to get myself to do the things and be like, okay, well, whatever, I guess I'll do it on Friday. So I decided to run an experiment and I love doing this in my business where I treat things like decisions like this as an experiment, meaning I'm going to try it. If it doesn't work, that's totally fine. It doesn't mean anything about me or my business or whatever. We're just going to try it and see what happens. And to me, that takes a lot of the like pressure off of it instead of thinking about it as like pass fail. So I do that in a lot of different areas, but I was saying, okay, I'm going to run an experiment of a four-day work week for this month. And I think this was early 2023, like maybe February 2023, I started my four-day work week experiment. And what do you know? (laughs) I was able to completely take Fridays off minus, I will say, I do respond to my clients still on Fridays. So They have Monday through Friday access to me. I have a one business day response time. So I will check in with my clients at least once, usually a couple of times on Fridays and, you know, reply to their messages and be available to them. But other than that, I'm not like working on the business, working in the business. I'm simply responding to clients and I might post a little content or something, but really for all intents and purposes, I'm like not working. So that experiment was a great success and I'm actually so much more effective. I actually work more productively, more effectively Monday through Thursday because I know I need to get my shit done. And 
sometimes there are weeks where I end up just working kind of like longer days Monday through Thursday so that I do get everything done in time. And there are weeks where I will push myself Monday through Thursday more. And that's something I'm going to talk about in part three of this series, which is going to be about CEO work ethic and just kind of the mindset around work and business and getting shit done. So make sure you come back for part three. But yeah, sometimes there are days or weeks where I will work longer days, Monday through Thursday, and still have Friday off. But that just feels so much better to me than having Friday be like my, uh, I should have done this earlier (laughs) day and actually following through with my plans, my word and my schedule. And I don't know about you, but previously I always felt like I just really would love to have a day to potato. This is how I would say it. I need one day to potato, one day to socialize, and one day to get my life together every weekend. Like that was something that I said so many times to Andrew, my fiance. He'll be my husband. Like by the time you're listening to this, I've said that so many times to him. I've said that so many times to my friends, my business coach, my team. And I was like, why am I not doing this? <laughs> like, like why? I, I know I want this. I'm in full control of like giving this to myself. Why am I not doing this? And so now I do. And like, I spend my Fridays literally chilling. I go to the barn for a few hours. All of my friends are usually like there ignoring their responsibilities <laughs> during Friday. We'll go to lunch. We hang out. I might get my nails done. Like I just chill and like enjoy my day and it has been a journey let me tell you to be able to actually enjoy my free time and not feel guilty that I'm not working and it's probably always gonna be a work in progress for me classic Enneagram three problems but Fridays feel so good and it's so cool that I was able to express like oh this is what I want and then built my business to support that. So that's one example of how I've created time freedom in my business. But I want to share a few more kind of tips or strategies or ideas with you because you don't have to start with chopping off an entire day of your work week and really taking these like smaller steps and time management strategies and boundaries and things like that that I'm going to talk about being able to implement those and execute on those and actually enforce and maintain those things over time built up to me being able to do a four-hour work week. Like if I had not previously honed in on my skills of prioritization or delegation or boundaries or things like that, the four-hour work week would have been completely impossible. So I don't want you to feel like because that is totally not doable for you right now, you can't start working towards more time freedom because you totally, totally can. It is something that you build up to and maybe you don't even want that for yourself. That's cool too. But there are so many things that you can do, so many levers that you can pull when you're a CEO because you make the rules and it might be hard or it might not be something you can execute on right away. But let me plant some seeds for you. Let me give you some examples and you can pick and choose what sounds good to you. And I've kind of broken this into four main pillars so that we can we can chunk it. And the first one you've heard me talk about ad nauseum before. And I have multiple podcast episodes already about time management and overwhelm and things like that. So we will link that in the episode description so that you can go more in depth. But the first pillar is prioritization, aka knowing what is actually and is not actually important in your business right 
now? Like what is actually going to move the needle and what is simply like a nice to have or busy work that isn't really going to matter at the end of the day. And one of my favorite ways to think about this is with the Eisenhower matrix, which is gauging the importance and non-importance and urgency and non-urgency of things. So you essentially end up with four different buckets of stuff that is important and urgent, important, not urgent, urgent, not important, not urgent, not important. So obviously your top priorities are the things that are important and urgent and important, but not urgent. And that's the kind of stuff where it's, you do it if you have time for it, but it's not necessarily the thing that needs to happen today. And so again, I have multiple other podcast episodes about like how I prioritize and beat overwhelm and things like that. But one other kind of thing that I like to think about is the concept of glass versus rubber balls. Meaning we always have a million balls in the air if you're an entrepreneur. And literally I had someone on my team message me the other day and be like, I don't know how you juggle everything. Like, I don't know how you do it all. I would be so overwhelmed if I were you. And you build up to it. You truly do. You don't start with a million balls in the air. You start with like five and then you have seven and then you have 15 and whatever. But truly the idea of glass versus rubber balls has changed game for me. I think I first heard of this from Gary Vee, but I'm not exactly sure. And the, the premise is just that you have a million balls in the air, you're juggling, but not all of those balls are glass, meaning some of them are rubber. And if you drop them and it doesn't happen perfectly, you can pick it back up and everything's okay, right? And some things are glass and those are the things that you need to prioritize. Those are the things that you need to be careful of. Those are the things that you need to be super aware of because if you drop them, they will shatter, but there are rubber balls. And I would also argue there's maybe like a third type of ball where it's like, it is important and like you don't wanna drop it like a bunch of times, <laughs> but if you drop it a couple times, you're gonna be fine kind of thing. I don't know what material that would be, but prioritization is so, so huge for time freedom because like I said, there are endless things that you could do. There are endless things that you could work on in your business. I cannot tell you, like we have a whole graveyard of projects that would be like, this is a great idea, but we just haven't made it a priority because it's not that important or it's not that urgent to where we are going to dedicate resources, manpower, money, time towards it because we don't see the importance of it. Like we have this huge list of things where it's like, oh my God, that's like genius, but it's just not a priority and that is okay. You're not gonna be able to do every single thing that you think is cool or fun or a good idea. And if you were to commit yourself to all that stuff, you would not have time freedom. <laughs> so we are prioritizing time freedom above the project graveyard. So that is kind of the first pillar. Like if you don't have prioritization, that's kind of a non-starter. The second pillar is delegation. And I cannot say enough how important my team is in supporting my time freedom. I cannot stress enough how much my business can run without me. And that is about to happen when I'm gone in Italy and I'm about to be gone for 12 days for let's see, seven of those days, no, nine of those days, I am completely out of office, meaning I'm not available to my clients. I'm not going to be checking in with my team. To be fair, I'll probably pop into Slack just like a few times just to make sure there's nothing that's actually a fire, but there are so rarely any true emergencies in business and we've been prepping for this for a while. But I'm going to be 
out of office. Like if you need me, don't kind of energy. (laughs) And that is because we have built a team of amazing people. We have really solid systems and processes. We've prepped in advance. We have the setup, like ready to keep playing the game, keep doing the things while I'm away. And that is one of the hardest things, one of the hardest shifts to make as you are stepping into the CEO role is going from that place of, I do everything. I can do everything. No one cares as much as me. No one can do it as good as me. I don't want to like, I want to keep as much money as possible. All these things, you have all these thoughts. And I'm going to talk more about the money thing in the next episode, et cetera, et cetera. But delegation and trusting other people to do their job has given me so much freedom. I cannot even find the words (laughs) to describe how good it feels to know that I'm about to step out of my business and things are handled. I'm about to step out of my business and it's going to keep running. We're still going to be even making new sales. We're still going to be fully supporting all of our clients. We're still going to do all the things And that is because of delegating and outsourcing and team and systems and the back end of the business. And I know that things like marketing and sales and the lifestyle are more sexy and exciting, but the sustainability and the freedom really does come from the structure. So that is absolutely huge, 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 huge. The next pillar is boundaries. And this one can also be really, really hard for my CEOs, my newer CEOs, and especially people who are service providers, coaches, people in like a helping position because you want to be there for your clients. You want to be super responsive. You want to do, you want to go above and beyond. You want to be someone that people can rely on, but that doesn't mean burning yourself out to keep someone else warm. And so boundaries comes in two places when it comes to time freedom. One is setting the boundary and setting the expectation from the beginning. So for example, in all of my contracts, my response time is one business day, meaning that if someone, even if someone messages me Friday at 2 p.m., one of my clients messages me Friday at 2 p.m., I generally will try to check my Slack or my Voxer at the end of the day Friday But it is within my contract, it is within our agreement for me to not respond until Monday, even midday or end of day Monday. Like that is within our contract and that is okay. That is within the boundary that I've set. That's within the expectation that I've set. So it's one thing to set boundaries of how people can contact you, what they can contact you for, when they can expect a response, the types of things. Like I even have a boundary with my clients that please don't send me voice messages. My private clients can send me voice messages. Please don't send me voice messages longer than two minutes. Or if you do, just send me like a a recap of the kind of specific questions or points you want to make sure I don't miss. Because as someone that like needs to read things to fully comprehend them. I don't want to lose anything. I don't want to miss anything that you're saying in your, in your voice message. And so I like a recap, right? So that's a boundary that I have or an expectation that I have with my clients. So it's one thing to set that, set the boundary of how people can access you and when you're available and how fast you'll respond. But it's another thing to also enforce that. And that's what can get really, really hard for people is seeing that they have a message for their client from their client over the weekend and actually not not reading it and actually not responding to it until Monday or seeing that message Friday at 6 p.m. 
not reading it, not responding to it. If you genuinely want to and you have nothing better to do and you genuinely genuinely want to and you check in with yourself, great. But enforcing the boundary, holding the boundary and doing it from like a grounded place is probably, at least to me, has been the hardest part of boundaries because I care a lot. I want to be there for my clients, but I also want to be there for myself. So that is a huge part of time freedom is fighting for your own time freedom, like valuing your own time, protecting your time, protecting your energy and not sacrificing it for other people. And a huge part of that is just not just setting, but enforcing the boundaries. And then the last pillar is huge, huge, huge. And I want to say kind of similar to prioritization where it's like a non-starter is your business model. And what I see a lot of times, especially for online coaches, is they set up their business to be extremely time and energy intensive. And the only way for them to make the kind of money that they want to make or help the amount of people that they want to help is to work 70 hours a week, like be on a million calls a week or be spending hours and hours and hours on their clients' workout plans or whatever it is. And they haven't set up their coaching program structure or their offer suite or their business model to actually be sustainable and scalable. And scalable means that at a certain point, you're not trading time for money. And yes, I'm a huge proponent of like, if you're a coach, start with one-on-one coaching. Start with high-ticket, one-on-one, high-touch coaching because that is the fastest, most efficient way to not only stack revenue, make good money, but also to really hone your coaching skills, nail down your niche. Like That is foundational and I stand by that. But as you scale and as you have enough demand and enough expertise, we need to diversify from that and we need to make a business model that's more scalable and values your time more. And so if your business model is literally just, if I want to make more money, I have to work more. That is not conducive to time freedom. If you need to be on hours and hours and hours and hours of calls every day in order to serve the amount of clients that you want to serve, that's not conducive to time freedom. So I think again, like kind of the, the litmus test is like, if I want to make more money is my only option to work more? And if so, we need to make some changes to the business model. And then as kind of a closing thought, I want to just give you some examples of how time freedom has changed my life or some of the things that I do with time freedom. Because when we get so wrapped up in our identity as a CEO, as an entrepreneur, it's very easy to like not know (laughs) what to do with your time once you actually have it back. Like that was a identity crisis that I had when I I finished bikini competitions, I was burnt the fuck out. So I needed to work less. And I was like, what do I do now? Like, what am I, what am I into? What kind of clothes do I wear if I'm not wearing gym clothes, that sort of thing. And so one of the huge, huge benefits is that it allows you to be a human being outside of your business. Like you have a life outside of your business. And for me, that's, I, I'm a big horse girl. I will go to horse shows. I'll be at the barn like five days a week. I will go to lunch with my friends. I'll go lay by the pool. I'll go to dinner with Andrew. I'll just hang out with my dogs. I will be like doing things around the house. I cannot tell you 
how much more I like take pride in my home and stuff when I actually have time and creativity and energy to like be in the space and enjoy it and not just like exist in my terrarium. And by also having a life outside of business, it obviously really supports healthier relationships, but it makes things in your business feel so much more grounded because your business is no longer your entire world. And having a passion outside of my business, which is horses, having like a lot of amazing friendships outside of the entrepreneur world, having other things that I prioritize and care about and like make time for has made me such a more grounded, regulated, happy entrepreneur because I'm not living and dying by what happens in my business that day. I have other things that I care about, other relationships, other things to focus on, and it is such a healthier balance. And so not only is it great to have time to have fun and be with your loved ones and all that, it's also just so much healthier to have space away from your business. And not to mention, I'm so much more creative too. Like I have so many more great ideas. I'm able to actually zoom out and work on the business instead of just being in the weeds, like putting out fires all the time. I cannot recommend it (laughs) enough. So that is kind of the high level version of my experience with creating time freedom, building a four hour work week with myself. The notes I would pass back to my past self who is working 25-7, burnt out, letting my business kind of run my life. That's what I would want to know and hear. So I hope this was helpful for you. I hope it was supportive in helping you create your own time freedom, whatever that looks like for you. I'm super excited to see you in the next episode. And if you're wanting to be in mentorship with me where we can work closely together to design your own CEO lifestyle and build a scalable, thriving business, I do have a new private coaching container starting on June 1st. You can get all the details for that in the private highlight on my Instagram, which is Marie E. Wold, M-A-R-I-E-E-W-O-L-D. Again, that's the private highlight that has all the details, the link to apply, and we kick off June 1st. So if you're already an established online coach wanting to scale to multiple six or seven figures, that is the move for you. If you're not quite at that point, I have other options linked in my Instagram bio, and I would love to work with you and would be so honored to help you reach all of your biggest goals. I will see you guys in the next episode for part two of the series. And in the meantime, you can keep up with all of our travel and wedding shenanigans over on Instagram, on my feed. I'm sure there'll be lots in my stories as well. So I'll see you over there.